Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. Right now, we're joined by Cynthia Lamb. Atamaria, good morning. Good morning. How are we today? I'm very good. A bit nervous, but excited. Ah, <laughs> we're excited as well. Uh, you're coming down for Fringe Fest. Fringe is back. Uh, back from the abyss. This Fringe Festival almost did not happen, but the community has uh, rallied. Uh, we've gathered the troops, and it's happening again, so we're really happy, um, um, you know, because the incredible shows uh, that come down south or are born here in Dunedin uh, definitely need a uh, deserve a platform in the city, and that's what Fringe is all about. Uh, and you get to come down to Dunedin for the first time uh, and bring your show with you, Love Mum. Um, so uh, this is a story about your mum, um, your grandmothers, and yourself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you to begin with? Sure. So uh, I'm originally from Hong Kong. Um, and then my family immigrated to New Zealand when I was five. So this was actually right before the, um, not right before, but this was before the 1997 Hong Kong handover. So this yeah. was when there was year over, you know, what might happen when um, Hong Kong transitioned from British colonial rule back to communist China. So then my parents decided to come to New Zealand. Um, we had um, an aunt living here already. So we came up for a few years. And then after that, we went back to Hong Kong. Um, and then um, around seven, eight years ago, I decided to come back to New Zealand. So mm-hmm. I call this actually my second chance in life. Yeah. Maybe because I was going through some personal things. Um, I was working in a job in Hong Kong that I didn't really like. Like, not that I didn't really like, but I was working in finance. Um, and I was also going through a divorce. So then it was a time when I actually really said to myself, you know, I'm going to pursue my passion, which is I always wanted to become a writer. So yeah. then I decided to come to New Zealand. I um, in my 30s. And then I took some creative writing courses. Um, and then that's how also this play came about. Yeah, so coming to New Zealand that first time, was that kind of an exercise in getting residency? So, you know, if, 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 yes. things, if things really did hit the fan in Hong Kong, oh, fair enough too. Um, you know, and, and, and we've seen what it's kind of played out, especially over the course of maybe the last five or six years in Hong Kong. Uh, with 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 China, Chinese rule there and, and um, the beginning of some restrictions. So, um, you you did, it was fair fair enough fair enough. Um, so, what led to you writing this particular work? Because this is your, your, the f- the first one you've put on, um, and it's deeply personal. You could have created something out of nothing, you know, a complete story that wasn't so personal to you. Um, so, you know, you're putting yourself out there completely not just you but your family as well um your first time around so so what kind of led to you writing this work i think you know when i first came here i was really interested in life stories so i realized that that's what really drew me and i think it could be partly because i wanted to unravel something i i think in general i'm like quite a sensitive person and so sometimes i feel a lot of things but i'm not sure what exactly I'm feeling. And so I realized that through writing, it was a way for me to unpack a lot of things, whether it's, oh, I, why did I feel as though, you know, as a woman, I couldn't really just speak up? Or why did I feel I always had to be, in quotation marks, a good girl? Mm-hmm. Why did I feel as though I couldn't pursue my passion to become a writer? Why did I think that, you know, that had to be like a hobby? I also talk a bit about my mental health, my, um, my depression as well so i think these were all things that i wanted to unpack it was really writing became a tool for me to 
first of all, understand why. And I think it was through that that I also started to see, you know, the culture and the environment that I lived in, which, you know, there could be some cultural pressure, some social pressure, mm. and also live in a patriarchal culture. So I think all those things were kind of things that I actually managed to unpack through my writing. So when I when I when I went into this, I, I think, you know, when I wrote, I didn't have a clear intention in mind. It, but it was more like I wanted to unpack something. And then I, I thought that, oh, the key into this unpacking was probably writing about myself, my mom and my two grandmothers. Um, another thing I guess that came about into writing this play is that first of all, I want to say that, you know, I'm an introvert by nature, so I'm yeah. not a performer. But then what happened is that I think as I started to write, it just came out that this turned out to be a play. Yeah. And then it was a one woman show. And then back then, um, I remember someone did ask me, you know, do you want to hire an actress to play you? You know, since I'm not a professional actress. But then I thought, oh, but this is such a personal story. I can't have someone else play me. Like I thought, you know, the first time it's got to be me. I can't yeah, have yeah. someone play me and my grandma and my mother. So I kind of like, um, so that that's how it came about. So, yeah. And what, what is it? So what is the premise of the work? Um, like, can you explain that question? Oh, the like, premise. What is the, what is the show essentially about? The story of the show. All right. Yeah. So it, it kind of really follows, kind of like my journey. You know, through you know finding my vocation, finding my my voice, but it also talks about my relationship with my mother and my two grandmothers and how our, our stories interweave. So there are. You know, I talk about the histories. Um, my when I play my Ama and Papa, I do speak in Cantonese, mm -hmm. but there will be subtitles. Um, I talk about my mom's journey. You know, things that happened to her as a child and how she then became like a super career woman and how that maybe has impacted how I thought I should be. Yeah. So actually, there's a lot of things that are interwoven in this 70 minutes that I realized that you know it's hard for me just to put one word onto it, but yeah. And how has writing the stories of your, of your, you know, parts of the stories of your mother and your grandmothers changed your view of them? Yeah, I think that was one of the um, interesting things that happened. I realized that it wasn't just through writing, but then also through the rehearsal process, because I, I write, say, in the first person. So when I play my mom, I write it from her perspective. Yeah. So I think when I was actually rehearsing and um, going through that process, sometimes their stories kind of really hit me and I started to see things more from their perspective. I think that's one thing. So my, my two grandmothers have passed away. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this whole process has also brought, you know, me and my mom and my family closer together because in the play, my mom does sing two songs. Yeah. So she wanted it specifically for this show. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and when we, you know, and obviously I had to do some fact checking about my the stories of my grandmothers, but that that was a really interesting process. Like because, for example, when I asked, um, say I asked my aunt, you know, did my did my ama, who's my paternal grandmother, meet my aye in Hong Kong, and then they said yes, and then I have an uncle here who said no, they met in Macau. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so who's right here? But the thing is, like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't know because my grandma's not here anymore. So I think there were some interesting, you know, moments where, um, 
you know, it has brought everyone closer together. And yeah. my aunt actually does the calligraphy for the set. So I feature some um, some beautiful calligraphy panels um, mm-hmm. on paper. And yeah, my aunt did that for us. That's nice. Yeah, family stories can be dynamic, right? And one person's recollection is completely different to the next. You know, and it's not just that viewpoint as well. You know, it's totally different. Um, Times change, and what was once considered social norms or normalities in life uh, are not so much anymore. Um, But, you know, those past generations kind of still project the social norms that they lived with when they were younger as being normal for them now um you know is is um you know that whole idea of what a good chinese woman is that's one of the bylines in this in this work um what it was maybe to your grandmother is not what it was now so is you know do we we throw through those challenges in your life and and how you were expected to potentially be within um you know cultural um you know your cultural setting yeah i think I think definitely. Like even sometimes, I think if even if no one said anything to me, I think sometimes when we grow up in a particular culture, or even you know we receive messages through whether it's television or or whatnot, or maybe it's pressure I actually gave myself. I think somehow I think that was also part of the thing that I I was working through. Like oh, how come I feel this way? Like why do I feel as though you know say I can't really express my anger did someone really say that to me or i just grew up thinking oh you know good girls don't express their anger you know they don't or whatnot so i think this was really like it was really like more like a personal journey for me as well because i think sometimes we grow up with messages which maybe they are covert but sometimes they are they are covert like they're not always overt like they might not be overtly spoken but somehow we receive these messages yeah so i think this was also just you know really part of my process of working through it and you know understanding that yeah maybe i did receive some pressure messages but also somehow i put pressure on myself yeah to behave a lot of pakiha maori and well you know um new zealanders um you know we, we we don't really know what Hong Kong was like in those colonial days because you've got those, you know, it's colonial Hong Kong, it's British rule, but it's also very much Chinese, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So how did it kind of, you know, how did it work socially? So I think maybe that's why, like, when I grew up, you know, I kind of had conflicting messages. So there was more like, you know, we were, because I, I, I did study under the British education system. So I took my GCSEs, A level. So I think I was exposed to that more Western culture. And then yet there was also a part of me that's actually quite traditional, it's quite Chinese. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I mean, I, I noticed that I, I guess also through my research, because I'm also doing a um, PhD in creative writing. So I focus on autoethnography, um, which is about like understanding and situating the self within particular social norms and cultures that Sometimes I think a lot of times when I think it's also for me, like kids who move around a lot when they were younger, like say I moved to New Zealand when I was five and then mm-hmm. I had to, then I moved back to Hong Kong. Sometimes I think I struggled with my identity a bit growing up. Like, you know, I, I, I mentioned this in the play as well. Like I would think, who am I? You yeah. know, and I, 
I told my mom this. I revealed this to her one day, and then she just laughed like crazy because she was just like, "What? Who am I? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, who am I? Like?" And that's. But this is something that I, I believe that me and my peers and you know some of the people who have moved around a lot, like as kids, like grew up with. You know, we we have struggled with that identity. So Whereas for my mom, what is that? What What do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what is uh, what does this play this this work um, allowed you to do for you? Um, you know that, that examination of self uh, and where where you came from, uh, especially when you're you're talking about you know divorce and depression. Um, how how we, we, when you when the pen left the page and you 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 look back, how did you feel? How what did it allow you to feel? I was surprised. I felt really cathartic. I think, like there, there was a part of me that I felt relieved, and I felt as though I think maybe before, I felt there was a stigma to depression, or I didn't want to really say, "Oh, I, I suffer from depression." Like it was something that I think it was about me being vulnerable and not wanting to do that. But I realized that when I did say it, like you know, obviously, it's I, I did a play about it, so it's kind of out there. It's it was actually. I felt relieved, and I, I was also really surprised at the responses I got because a lot of people actually came up to me and started sharing with me their stories, whether it was related to their own mental health or their family histories, or even men came up to me to say, you know, parts of my play resonated with them on certain levels. So I think that was really the interesting thing for me in the sense that it was healing for me, but I realized it actually started a dialogue yeah. with other people. Started, you know, sharing with me, you know, their stories. Nice, nice. Um, and of course, you came to well, you didn't come to writing late, but this kind of creative writing you came to uh, later in life. Um, and it's something that you love, and it's your passion, and you're getting to live that now, and that's amazing. But you also want to help other people in that too. So you're running a workshop during during your time in Otipoti. Yes, yes. So this is um, this is the first time I'll be running a writing workshop so i kind of wanted to offer it as a you know like a compliment to my show so hopefully that through that you know i can share with participants you know my process of writing and mm-hmm. that maybe it might inspire them to start writing their their family stories nice so that uh, the show is on the 24th uh, friday the 24th and then again on saturday the 25th of this month um the writing course is on after the show on the 25th uh, yeah. And um, yeah, tickets will be found, of course, at DunedinFringe.nz, and all details on all shows can be found there as well. Uh, so, this is Love Mum, of course. Um, thank you so much for your time, Cynthia. Pleasure. Thank you, Jamie. It was lovely being here. Cheers. Thank you so much. Um, I wish you all the best. Uh, travel safe down here, down south. Don't forget to bring a jacket. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe potentially some woolly socks. I'm not. Pro- I'm not saying it's going to be cold, but it might be. You never know. Let's get. You know, we're in autumn now. We're getting there. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, have a lovely thank day, you. and uh, we'll see you at the end of the month for Dunedin Fringe. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great being here. That was a Radio One Ninety One FM podcast. Find more at r1.co.nz.